Welcome to your morning cup with I Ben's Academy. I'm Kara. And I'm Ash. And we're Cash. Hey. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, welcome. We've got a new setup we're working on. Yes. <laughs> Trying to make this space even more representative of us, life, yeah, who we, we are. are. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things we want to talk about today is a newsletter that came out from Anelia Benz, not this week, but the week prior. So I should know the date, but I don't. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes and we'll link it. But it's Be Kind, Loving, and Have Strong Boundaries. So since that newsletter came out, it's been really interesting because there's been a lot of discussion I've been a part of with it. One, if you don't know, I'm the community manager for the Star Tribe, which is the Anelia Benz Subscribe Star community. And through that community, you can get access to the second hour of the Driving to the Res podcast. You get access to the monthly class that Larry and Anelia host. Also, weekly homework. And as our community coordinator, manager, whatever extraordinaire that I am, (laughs) I also do uh, an after party on the podcast. So we talk about the podcast. We do a study group on the class and bring our learning to a whole nother level. So this week we had an after party and it's still been brewing in my mind. Like I haven't been able to stop talking or thinking about boundaries, Mm. right? It's such like a key important thing in our lives, having strong boundaries. It's so important. And in my experience, lightworkers are really bad at making strong boundaries. Totally. In a healthy, loving, and kind way as well. So That's a good point. Sometimes like I can set boundaries, (laughs) but it's like, (laughs) don't touch that, you know? Which is... Isn't that quite what we're going for? No, no. So this is a really important life skill that we need to master as lightworkers, essentially. Not only for our own life, but basically by setting boundaries for ourselves and in our own life, that actually does help raise our frequency and the frequency of others if that's what they choose. So it's a really important skill. So we thought we'd talk about it today and give some examples of maybe what to do and what not to do in your life. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, you know, think of it from like very basic, right? Like when you're, you're with your children or someone else's children, you know, that you teach them there's a boundary on the road. There's traffic coming from cars, either direction. You like before you step out into the street, you look both ways. You make sure there's, there's no traffic coming, right? There's a boundary there. We don't cross that road, right? So it's like setting those boundaries in your life around what is maybe etiquette and comfortable for you, um, what's street smart for you, um, what is, I don't know, what else would you say that? Anything else? Like, like it's really providing structure that's supportive for you and of yeah. you. Because being a light worker isn't about being a doormat and like just martyring ourselves or doing saving what, everybody yeah or. exactly <laughs> yeah. we have to be conscientious of ourself and our own field and how we interact with the world in a way that is supportive and high frequency for us so to do that sometimes we have to make very clear strict boundaries with how we engage where we engage and make that very clear from a communicative perspective and it's not always easy it's it's not something we've like grown up 
learning in school or maybe in some examples like you don't cross the street and unless you have certain boundaries in place like a crosswalk or mm-hmm. you know a school flag you know that like is raised when kids cross the crosswalk whatever um, but we're we do grow up with boundaries but we don't necessarily grow up with practical ways of navigating healthy boundaries in our lives, especially right. in our relationships. Yeah, when it comes to interpersonal, there, you know, check out the new the newsletter that Anelia wrote, because in it there's a list of all of the things as light workers that like it's like the excuses or reasons why we won't set boundaries or we accept people crossing our boundaries, even when it's really uncomfortable or unpleasant mm-hmm. or unhealthy. For us to allow that to happen, we'll make reasons or excuses not to. Mm -hmm. I have one example in my personal life where, you know, I was was friends with somebody who was a male, so it was opposite sex, and he was a large person, like very hot, tall stature, and had a large presence. And um, it was a scenario where when we would hang out, and we were maybe working together, we were doing something... There was always a desire for some long hugs on his part. And these hugs would actually make me a little uncomfortable. Like, and at first it was like, oh, you know, we're loving light beings and we're all light workers and we're doing this ascension work. It's great. And so, you know, this is normal. It's just loving. And I'm just weird because I don't, I don't, I'm not liking these hugs, you know. But for my comfort letter level, they were beyond the point of comfort, you know, they were beyond what I was comfortable with and it didn't, it didn't resonate. So it started to actually make me, uh, well, I started to make me, cause I didn't communicate that, right. I didn't set boundaries. I didn't share my communication of it because why I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Mm. And obviously I must be, there must be something wrong with me, like kind of like turning it around. Right. And no need to psychoanalyze that, but that's just what was going on. So then um, I noticed that my behavior with this person in general started to change and I really didn't want to be around them. And it was starting to actually even turn into like even more of like a victim aggressor kind of dynamic where, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim in this situation. And there wasn't, that wasn't actually really what was going on, mm-hmm. but it was my reaction to it because I wasn't responding. So I had to process like one, right? That was the first thing. I had to process like, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, why am I reacting in this way? And I did find some programs that were running that that um, made me or that I had to address. And like one of them was, well, this guy is like really big, you know, and very strong. And when we hug and it was like, and I'm ready to like pull away, I felt like I couldn't, you know, like because he's like so strong and he's not like forcing me actually to stay in this hug but that was my feeling which then was triggering a program that I had running that men are dangerous Mm. and that and it was a physical body program that like oh you gotta be careful because men can be dangerous right so I had to process that because proceeding without addressing what was going on um within me what to me wasn't going to be let's say the highest frequency outcome of the situation. So I processed that and then I brought it to him and I talked to him and I said, Hey, you know what? Um, there's something I'm working through and, um, it's a bit uncomfortable for me, but you know, I identified this program and I told him the program and through it, I also realized that actually it's quite triggering for me when, when we hug for an extended period of time or when we're hugging, like, and I think actually for now, like, 
I prefer if we don't hug and let's just have that physical boundary basically is what I established with them. And, you know, at first he was kind of, it was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, it was like, um, he, he didn't necessarily fully understand it, if you will. But from what I gather from what he shared with me, he's like, yeah, I can help with that. That's fine. Don't worry. You know? And, and so that was really nice because it was this conversation where it's like, you're my friend. I do love you. You're a great person, you know, and I had no intent of hurting his feelings and saying, you're dangerous. You're trying to hurt me because that's not true, right? That wasn't true. But sharing with him, actually, I identified this is going on for me and speaking from that perspective, like this is what I'm experiencing and this is what I'm comfortable with moving forward. And it was super uncomfortable for me to, to say something like that to somebody and because I didn't want to hurt his feelings mm. or, you know, and oh, you know, it's just they're all the excuses, right? Or he's not going to like me anymore. I'm going to lose him as a friend, which is a fear, right? I don't want to hurt his feelings. That's a fear. So I need to process those things before I trust it. And so it actually went well. I was able to address it. And as a friend, as an ally, like he understood. And it wasn't necessarily personal. It was just a, this is what I'm experiencing right now. And, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to be comfortable for me. Because I'm, at the end of the day, responsible for my physical body and our well-being. And she's having a reaction. And if I continue to ignore her reaction, it's going to play out mm-hmm. in unhealthy ways. And she's my top priority. Mm-hmm. It's such a great... Okay, study. I love that. It's just, there's so many nuggets in that. Like one, I mean, it. it's so easy for us to like turn it back to our ego of like, oh, I don't want to say anything because I might hurt their feelings or what if they don't like me anymore? You know, that, that happens a lot, you know? And I love the fact that you took responsibility for your body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's this fear even of, um, but what if they're not friends with me anymore? Or... You know, how often would they want to actively try to hurt us or make us uncomfortable? Right. Even it wasn't the case exactly. at all. Exactly. Probably had no idea that was an issue, you know? And that was one thing in the article that Amelia speaks about is that um, if you set a boundary with somebody and they attack you in mm. response, it's a it's a good, like, kind of signal that... That was hey, a good thing. A, this was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the boundary was necessary. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and in this case, it was like there was no attack in response to it. Right. Um, and the boundary was set. It was established. And I was able to work through my stuff. And it actually lasted for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I see this person and we have a big hug. And it's totally fine. But I I had to work through my stuff. I had a reaction. And it wasn't his responsibility that I was having a reaction. Right. If he was acting inappropriately, like, um, and there was a different kind of, let's say, like, underlining energy there, then that wouldn't, that would be a different story. Mm -hmm. Right. But that wasn't the dynamic in this situation. So, you know, if you find yourself in similar situation, you've got to truth it for yourself and look at it and talk with your allies and get Mm -hmm. clarity of what's going on and don't assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'd say unless like somebody is physically like legitimately harming you, of course. That's different. (laughs) You know, call the police, like get out of there. Get out of that situation. Yeah. Um, boundaries quick, right? Yeah. Um, but in my in this situation, I had the room to be able to look at it objectively, do my processing on it, and use the IBENS method tools. Mm-hmm. I love in that example how you like owned your piece. Like it's so easy when we have situations like this to come up to like 
quickly go in victim aggressor mm-hmm. of like you're hugging me too long and you're inappropriate or whatever because right? you're a big guy yeah. you need to be adaptive to me exactly. and how I feel yeah but that wasn't it at all it's yeah. like you know I'm feeling this way and here's how I would like to respond because I'm responsible for my physical body yep. like that's a game changer yeah and I love that for like how you phrase that of this is my responsibility to take care of my physical body, right? Mm-hmm. And putting boundaries in place to make that happen. Because yeah. we want your body to feel safe and loved and, you know, good. And sometimes we're the ones who have to make sure that happens, right? Because ultimately that is our job. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Such a cool example. Thanks for sharing. Of course. Yeah. I've got a few. <laughs> Let's hear Some them. not so good. Some better. Okay. So I... I started to become more aware of the importance of boundaries when I got a dog. <laughs> a oh, dog. that's such a good way to learn boundaries. Yes. Holy smokes. Yes. Yeah, a dog that. that I had, let's say, more responsibility in training because uh, I've had pets in the past. Anyway, so when I got Miss Machiko, uh, she was kind of all over the place. She had no training. She wasn't housebroken. She was wild. She had, you know, stuff going on. So I had to literally train her and give her boundaries on everything on like where to go to the bathroom, where she goes to sleep, you know, how she eats her food, all of these things. And I think for the basics, it went pretty good for a certain point. And then I started to see like the next level of boundaries that weren't in place. Like she would jump on people and especially when people like come into the house or even like walking up on the beach or seeing friends or people she knows and like oh my gosh it just drove me nuts and other bad etiquette like she'd come up to us at the dinner table when we're eating and she'd jump up on the furniture all these things so i realized that this dog needs control and needs healthy boundaries because it's actually not only good for me and our family but it's good for her too. It's like having a completely like spoiled adult or child that just runs amok and does everything they want without any, you know, awareness of the world around them. Like that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> like we have to have boundaries in place uh, to uh, extents, right? And so I realized like, oh, I need to like learn how to do this, right? So I like did research, I watched videos, I talked to my allies, I got insights from other dog owners that had a lot of experience, especially with more challenging animals, and just had to like practice. And I realized that it almost like I had to set the boundaries with this energy mm-hmm. of like, I'm alpha, this is the lay of the land, like this is these are the rules. And Before, I was very, like, apologetic about it or felt like it was bad, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a whole... Like, kind of feeling guilty about it? Exactly, like, guilty or, like... No, it was um, more like it was aggressive, like, the aggressor of the victim-aggressor cycle. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really know. Like, I have to, like, slam her down on the ground and make her submit. Like, I don't know, it felt aggressive to me in that dynamic, Mm -hmm. victim-aggressor. But then I realized... From a communication standpoint, in dog language, that's how they communicate. That's how they set boundaries. Is like there's alphas and betas and they submit and, you know, there's this whole language, this whole culture within dog <laughs> that I had to learn, literally become literate in. And it took some practice, you know. Um, but I saw some of like the before and after of having no boundaries and having a 
completely spoiled dog, and she's spoiled still in a lot of ways, but having more boundaries in place, right? Like an example is I do like to cuddle with her, so she can cuddle with me on the couch downstairs, but she cannot cuddle with me on the couch upstairs. And she was so ownery about that boundary. She would whine and complain and just like, oh, and I'm like, nope, go sit over there, you know? And eventually she did and she doesn't think about it anymore. It's fine. Same thing when we eat at the dinner table, right? Like she has to sit on her bed and be away from us while we eat. Because the last thing I want is when guests come over and then there's just a dog up in your your business. Exactly. And that makes, you know, the people... At least for me, what makes me comfortable is to have my guests come in and be able to eat a meal without being disturbed by my dog. Like, well, and then she knows the expectations, mm-hmm. right? She's got, she understands this is what's expected of me. This is what's appropriate. And then the time that you have together, you can enjoy it versus like you have to be like, you know, giving like disciplining or continually like reestablishing the boundary it's like right. you said it you're really clear you're consistent with it yes and then she understands this is the expectation if you're in my house this is how you're going to be when we're eating dinner you're going to sit over there and the guests are going to be here and you're not going to be begging for food but we'll give you treats after because exactly. you're going to do a great job exactly <laughs> yeah so i mean this is an example of setting boundaries with non-humans <laughs> but it was an important lesson for me to realize how boundaries are an important part of communication with our environment and ourselves and how we want to express and for me it was causing a lot of low frequency drama and just chicken scratches bought by having an uncontrollable dog. So I set boundaries, stayed diligent with it, and it's gotten a lot better, which is great. So that's just one example uh, of a learning, I think, overall. Uh, It's amazing how much you can learn from pets. Seriously. It really is. Like, the establishing boundaries, standing, stepping into your, your power, power yeah. and like owning it. Yeah, like, that was yes, I'm alpha, and this is what we're doing right mm-hmm. now. That was really big for me too. Yeah, it's cool. And then even energetically, you know how, especially with dogs more so. My cat, I mean, she's definitely alpha. I'm, alpha, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm there to to support her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but. When my dogs, like, you know, like, even energetically, how they respond to your energy and your focus. And I would notice, like, I'm, I just got off of work. I'm going to take them for a dog. And my head is not, like, I'm not in my body. Like, I'm off somewhere else. Yeah. And then they act up. And they, like, all the things that you're like, what? what's going on? This isn't your normal behavior. But then the moment you get back into your body, you're focused, you're aware. Mm-hmm. Or they drop, they don't hold on to the past. Mm-hmm. They don't linger into something that's happened before. So it's like. Nope. It's, a real, it's a beautiful modeling, actually, of just, like, being present, being present <laughs> yeah. being here right now. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's really amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So that's been a really interesting learning overall. But when it comes to people, let's, uh, another example I'd like to share is setting boundaries in the workplace. So uh, I have a corporate job. I have to work with people of all various walks of life frequently, And, you know, there are cultural norms in place at the company that, you know, are part of our experience, right? So, for example, we have a lot of meetings on Zoom. Uh, We're a remote company, so lots and lots of meetings on Zoom. (laughs) Like, a lot. (laughs) I think maybe like 13 or 14 a day is what can happen. And so, for me... Uh, When I think about setting healthy boundaries for myself, taking care of my physical body, 
I was starting to see some negative consequences of not having good working from home habits in place, which required that I set boundaries at the workplace. So for example, uh, I work in a team that's pretty distributed across the planet, everywhere from the East Coast of the United States to Dublin, Ireland, in Europe, to India, right? And even Australia, that's a lot of time zones. And for a culture that's very communicatively dominated through meetings and talking, what that brings is a culture of, oh, let's talk about it, let's talk about it, let's talk about it. And for some reasons, I think that's a, for some um, cases, that's a very good thing to do. And then other cases, sometimes it's just better to send an email. (laughs) So when COVID happened and we were shifting into a more remote working environment, I'd actually already been working remotely for several years, but for a lot of the company, this was brand new. They had no idea like what to do or how to put in good work from home boundaries in place. So it started really simple. Uh, For example, putting our working hours in our calendar, just so that we could see, regardless of what what time zone you're in on the planet, you can see, yep, I work from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific. And after that time, like I'm unavailable, you know? So that's a, a good start. But I also realized like that wasn't enough actually. Um, I would still get meetings at like 6 a.m. or 8 p.m. or even just having like lots and lots of stuff coming up all the time. And it got to the point where I felt this um, pressure, like I was giving my power away to the corporate culture essentially. Like every meeting's important. If I don't do this, then I'll get in trouble or It won't look like I'm doing my job, whatever, right? All that ego stuff and fears. And then I realized, you know, this isn't good. Like I was skipping meals, um, wasn't going outside to like go for walks. Like we wouldn't lock up our, you know, our dogs in like a house for three days without giving them light and good food and fresh air, air, right? And yet that's what I was Exactly. That's what I was doing with my physical body, which isn't good. So I realized that I had to set better boundaries, like that wasn't enough. So it meant like blocking off my time where I didn't matter who scheduled it. It could have been the CEO or whatever, like I was unavailable at that time. And it was like my lunch block or I had a out of office time that I reserve for other important activities and I stick to it. And that sticking to it part is key because For me, where I struggle or have struggled in the past is around like ego stuff. Like, oh, if I don't do it, you know, I'll get in trouble. They won't like me, you know, and I would almost like let that boundary slip. And this was a behavior that was becoming chronic. Like I would have people overschedule me or disregard my calendar norms and I would let it go. I'd just be like, okay, I guess this one time I'll let it slide then it just kept happening over and over and over again and it got to the point where I was becoming like really disengaged like I wasn't in a good spot my physical body wasn't doing well Uh, it just wasn't good so it's really important at least what I found to be very clear and explicit with working norms and setting healthy boundaries in a workplace. So I told my whole team, my boss included, I put things in my email um, signature and all these other ways that say, 
these are my working hours. This is my open time. You can book meetings in the open time. And otherwise, if I'm booked, I'm booked. You can send me an email or find another time. Mm -hmm. And if people overschedule me, I will decline and say, no, I'm not going. And I have had times in the past where people are like, why didn't you attend that meeting? I'm like, I wasn't available. Oh, okay. Whereas before, that would have been like a fear of mine. Like, I'm not available. You said no. You can't say no. Actually, yes, I can. <laughs> I can say no, and I'm not going. And this is why. So, you know, it, it for me, like, this was a really big thing in my life that kept escalating and... It was becoming a, a chronic negative pattern that I had to take responsibility for. So there are a couple of tools that I used. Like one, I processed my fears and resistances that I had. I had to uh, heal my ego. So I used the ego exercise around like, what if people don't like me or get in trouble? More specific. Ego exercise from Ascension 101. Yeah, thank you. Uh, did that several times. And then also I had to really practice the setting of boundaries and like saying no, moving things around, being very clear, like this is how I operate, work around it. And if you can't, then we'll figure out, we'll figure something else out, right? Uh, which has been really supportive and that completely transformed my overall well-being, like literally my life because um, I was able to like eat and go out for walks and, you know, not work myself in a way that was really negative and even destructive of my physical body. So corporate example of setting healthy boundaries, it can really make a difference though, even something as small as, nope, I am unavailable at this time. <laughs> it's a great example though. It's like, like you said before, you're responsible for your physical body, your well-being, the quality of life that you have, you know. And not everybody you're working with is in the same time zone. They don't know what else you're doing or how, when you started your day or that you're on your like 12th hour of work right now and you still haven't had a lunch break, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, who's going to do that for you? No, no one. You need no. to do that for yourself. And it, it is easy sometimes, I think, at least in my experience, to give our power away to, you know, the the you know, the manager or the boss mm -hmm. or the, you know, the employer, the dynamic that you're in, that I got to follow their rules, but you don't, there's ways around it that mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can still support yourself and still support your boundaries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In a healthy way. And I was actually very surprised by how I set boundaries. I started to see other people do the same thing. Yeah. And it turned into a much better overall work culture across the board because people were feeling it, especially since they had less experience working from home. A lot of them have parents, excuse me, uh, they are parents, they have kids. You know, it, it, if you're used to working in a, an office your whole life and then all of a sudden have to like put family and work all in one location without a lot of structure in place, that, that was a big uh, hurdle for a lot of folks. Yep. So I found that by almost stepping up and being my own role model, that helped other people to map to that. And I think it ended up being like, I did like a put together like a best practices document for like how to work from home um, for the company. And I was shocked like how many people ended up using it and found it really helpful. So, you know, yeah. that's just an example of, 
setting boundaries for yourself can be a great model for others to do the same. When something resonates like that with the human collective, like because you're you it it, it feels so let's say true, it feels so like resonant that yeah of course you're going to take care of your your physical body of course you're going to give time for your family it's like the human collective knows it mm-hmm. it's like we on we instinctively know so it's not surprising that it was adopted and influential in the community that's pretty cool yeah it was really nice helpful. job thank you yeah thank you <laughs> i have a another case study about corporate that's not so good which is not setting boundaries around indulging and drama and negativity Ooh. So I had an open door, fully admit and own it. I had an open door of engaging in drama with a particular coworker that I had. Uh, we had some history, some past experience outside of the company we worked at. So we had a relationship. We were friends. And I found myself when I worked with him that I would f- go full on in the chicken scratches. Like full on. Like yummy, yummy drama. Mm-hmm. It was just like that. And it was all about, you know, coworkers and the company and this, that, and the other. And I could see, oh, this is like not good. Like this is indulging in low frequency stuff. And I wasn't stopping myself. Like it was bad. And I realized, I was like, I've got to like set boundaries with this guy, with myself, because this isn't good. Like this is feeding the beast. It's not operating out of space out of a space of high frequency and it was it was not good honestly and I, I probably let it go much longer than I should have but I eventually caught it and I sat down with him and I said look I really appreciate and value the conversations we have I love the fact that we're friends and co-workers and we have a lot of history together but when we meet and let's say a one-on-one conversation Let's keep it focused, like to an agenda or solving a problem and not indulging in this other stuff. The last bit weren't the exact words I used, but essentially I can't keep talking about the drama because it's just not good. It's not supportive. So it changed, fortunately. Had I done it sooner, I think uh, it would have been a lot more beneficial, definitely for myself, but it was... Uh, a healthy boundary that I had to create and be very clear about what type of chronic behavior like had to stop. And I wasn't going to tell him, you need to stop doing this or you're at fault for doing that, right? It was me owning my part of this co-creation. And if he wanted to go and, you know, talk about drama with someone else, fine. That's his business. But for me, like, I had to stop. It just wasn't good. So nip that in the bud. And fortunately, a lot of transformation happened as a result. So it worked out. I think it's such a good example. Like, our own boundaries is, like, what we're willing to engage in and indulge and or not, you know. Or not. (laughs) And then such a, like, especially life in the new paradigm. Here we are, right? It's like... Are we going to engage in the dramas? Are we going to engage in the victim-aggressor cycle? Are we going to engage in the savior-martyr programs? Like, what are we going to do, mm-hmm. you know? Those are very much options of living in a light-dark paradigm, which is, you know, if that's what you choose, then that's fantastic <laughs> for you. 
But if you're choosing not to be in the light-dark paradigm, you want to be living in a light paradigm, you want to be engaging in a high-frequency, in a high-frequency way, then it's like having those boundaries that when we notice, and I think that's like really key when I started hearing Anelia mentioning like, oh, indulging in chicken scratches or mm. indulging in the in the drama, indulging in the, let's say like self-pity or indulging whatever it is, fill in the blank here. And when we indulge, it really is like that. It's like, mmm, yummy, I'm going to like soak up all this like low frequency negativity because maybe it's comfortable, because maybe it's satisfying in some way, it's scratching an itch of a habit or Mm -hmm. something that I've got going on that I'm used to because, hey, we were all raised and born (laughs) in the light, dark paradigm, you know, so it's not like we're all just cruising here and never have any type of low frequency engagement. Mm But it's like, it's that, right? Ultimately, what it really comes down to is having boundaries with ourselves. And then how do we communicate and express those with others? And there's a lot of different ways. We just gave a number of examples of how we've communicated it with people. But there's also other ways that I've seen it done and even done myself where maybe it's just through by example that somebody's going to say, oh, man, like, I hate when he does that and starts, like, you know, kind of, like, putting out the bait. Like, mm-hmm. let's start talking trash about this person. And then you change the topic, you yeah. know, and you see it coming. And it's like, oh, you know, I was noticing that the flowers are, are starting to bloom. You know, I think spring's coming now. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Are you getting your garden ready? <laughs> you know, it's exactly. Like, you could, it could be as simple as that. And it doesn't have to be in going into, like, a in-depth conversation of now I'm in the new paradigm and this is my frequency and you need to do this and I'm going to tell you what to do, you know. It, it can be much more subtle than that, um, but there's a variety of ways yeah. that we can respond. And, and dictating, having a light dictatorship and saying like, everybody needs to do this because I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> That's a bit different too because now you might be crossing other people's boundaries, but you can... It's, there's a good way to navigate. You know? Yeah. And like with anything, practice makes perfect. That's it. You That's know? It. Try it out. And if it didn't work, and you, like look at the responses you got. Yep. You know? Look at, look at the situation. But process your stuff first. Because if mm-hmm. you are running victim aggressor, like I'm the victim, they do this to me every time. And I told them my boundary was really clear that I said you can't do this. But you're still running that victim program. Like it's an open door yeah and it will get used it's an open door you're going to continue that victim aggressor cycle so really focus on process your stuff first and then respond Mm -hmm. don't react because the reaction would be my trigger came up and now i'm going to tell everybody get the hell out of my house (laughs) you know (laughs) or it'll be a response like my trigger came up and i responded and i allowed it to express and you know, I decided that the night was done. We had such a great evening. Everybody, let's end it on a high note. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're done. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. At, at the end of the day, really, it's about putting boundaries with ourself, right? And we can express this in a lot of different ways, like the t- having the personal boundary not to indulge in drama or to talk, you know, smack about someone or having a very clear boundary with a communication issue with like a colleague or a friend that, you know, that you own, right? It's not about making them wrong or changing them. It's being clear and transparent about what you need and what's supportive of you and 
making that evident to the environment around you, but you're still owning your bit, right? Like I have this program I'm working on, just wanting you to be aware and processing it. So I prefer if we do this instead, or even just simply choosing not to indulge in that open door, whatever it is. So it's boundaries with ourselves. That's really key. And and sticking to it, right? That can be hard sometimes, but it actually is a really important way to embody the new paradigm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And use the tools. You know, Iben's method work is out there. Lots of classes, lots of resources and tools to use. You know, uh, Cash, we are Iben's method mentors. For members of Walk With Me Now, we are in a process of accepting applications right now for our next mentoring sessions. Um, and, you know, it's like there are resources out there. There's counseling. There's therapy to do with couples. There's, there's so many different things that you could engage in that would be supportive. Mm-hmm. If you're in a situation where you feel like you maybe boundaries need to be established and you don't know how, start researching it. Empower yourself to to come up with that solution. Yep, Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's about setting ourselves up for success. Just like if we walk into the middle of the street without any broader awareness of cars coming, that's probably not going to set us up for success, right? Let's put some boundaries in place, take a look around, be conscientious of where we're going, and doing it with full awareness and in consciousness because... Otherwise, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but read the article. Yes. Notice if maybe there's uh, any type of dynamics in your life where you might be making excuses, especially for folks who are like chronic abusers who are, you know, continually um, abusing and are continually playing into that cycle with you. You know, that's where like pay attention. Notice are you are you making excuses for this person? You know, and and it's time if you're ready, like stop those excuses process the work that you need to process around it and set your healthy boundaries yep boundaries are all about responsibility it's true so let's respond yep respond in high frequency and people seem to respond really well in boundaries Mm -hmm. they understand it yeah it's like kids do humans do like adults do like pets we thrive (laughs) well knowing okay so you know i want to enter the store i need to do it on this side, I enter through the right, and people leave through the left. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's just helpful when I'm driving down the street. I know I, I drive on the right side, unless you're, you know, of course, in other countries that drive on the left. But <laughs> it's right. It's, you just it's a boundary that helps things to flow right. smooth, so everybody can go about their day and do what they're doing with ease and enjoyable. Exactly. So let's do that with our energy, with our communication, and our relationships. Most importantly, with ourself too. That's yes. key. Right, so we shared some of our stories around some of the boundaries we've established and the situations that we've been in. And um, we hope that that's something that you can map to and maybe gain some insight through. Um, in follow-up, we do have a few things to announce for Ivens Academy. We do. So we are working on our annual calendar. I mean, it's March, but we're working on our annual calendar for 2023. <laughs> and we are excited because we have the calendar booked up for the rest of the year at Ivens Academy for the classes that we are offering. Mm-hmm. Our next workshop is going to be in April, and we're going to be offering another Power Objects work- workshop. Since all the demand and interest that we've had in the workshop, we are going to be making this available to you and um, allow more opportunities for 
more people to learn how to make power objects, which is super exciting. Yes. And then following that, in May of 2023, we're going to be having an instant manifestation workshop. The workshop has been altered slightly, so it's still the same amazing content, but we've, um, we're have we revamping the structure that's going to be four weeks long now. So it'll be um, instant manifestation workshop in four weeks, which is super exciting. It's amazing. I, I think it just opens up the doors. It's so much more opportunity with it, which yeah. is great. It's going to be so exciting. And we've got a very, very booked year. So stay tuned for more info of mm-hmm. what's to come from iBenz Academy because spring, summer, fall, and winter is going to be full of brand new workshops that we have yet to announce and also some that will repeating. be repeating as well, including power objects and instant manifestation workshops. So there's a lot to come. So if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, please do. This is where we're going to be releasing the latest information about our upcoming schedule. And there's going to just be a lot of great stuff this year. You guys are going to love it. So stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned. You can check out more of that information at ibensacademy.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.